Welcome to the MLB Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Averill, certified financial planner, certified private wealth advisor, former pro athlete, and the co-founder of AWM. I'm joined by my co-host, former Major League Baseball pitcher and certified financial planner, Travis Chick. Our goal on the MLB Draft Podcast is to provide you with the roadmap to successfully navigate the MLB Draft and becoming a professional athlete. You're going to hear from scouting directors, GMs, agents, former and current players, elite performance coaches, and of course, leading financial experts. What has traditionally seemed like a black box, we are going to bring to light the critical details you need to know to help you make the decisions that are in your best interest. So with that, let's jump right in. Travis, welcome to the MLB Draft Podcast. How's the day going? Going great. I'm excited for this. We've been talking about it for a long time. Yeah, definitely have. And uh, it's it's long overdue. It's something that I know both you and I are passionate about in, and as a company of just providing education. It's funny in an information age where it feels like you can get answers to almost anything instantly the draft is still the conundrum. It, it's still the one thing that you feel like you can't just pop on Google and get all the answers to all your questions. And so hopefully that's what we're going to be able to provide for every athlete and family that is going through this transition from amateur to pro. And so uh, where I thought would be fun to start is actually both of us have been through this process uh, personally, and I'd love to hear what it was like for you and your family to go through the draft process. Well, it was definitely a lot different than it is now. Um, you know, it's funny that the, the game has evolved so much and the information has evolved so much. You're talking about how this is the one thing that you can't really Google. Like back then, I'm not even sure if there was Google. So uh, the only information that we had to, pre- <laughs> the only information we had to go on back then was the, whatever the little nuggets of information a scout would give us. Um, and for me growing up in White House, Texas, which probably nobody on this podcast has ever heard of, um, you know, for me, it wasn't a situation where I could even, um, picked anybody's brain. Um, I didn't know anybody that had ever been drafted. I didn't know any former pros, current pros or anything like that. Agents weren't knocking down my door like they would be if I was 16 years old now. And so, uh, for my family, we were flying blind and going through the whole process. Um, it was, it was pretty crazy because I thought I was a celebrity in town because I like I said, I was the only kid that had ever been drafted from my high school. And so, um, it was fun. Obviously I would have loved to have gotten drafted a lot higher than I was, um, but it was, uh, I was a, I was a product of the information that I was given. And so, uh, looking back, I probably would not have made the same decision. I don't, um, I don't hold anything against that because I had the opportunity to pitch in the big leagues and who knows if my decision would have been different, would I still had that, but it's definitely a lot different than it is now. The contrast you make of, of the amount of resources available, right? Or, or the comment that I caught you there is if I was 16, the amount of agents that would be knocking down my door, you know, we were the same draft class and I think oh, yeah. back, back about it. And it really was like you, you saw, of course, like the upper echelon guys having all these agents, but nowadays, right? Every 10th rounder is represented by an agent. Oh. And I think that that's a side, um, that's a side product of the fact of the type of business that baseball is in general. And, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that providing a framework for everyone listening today is 
really understanding that this is a business decision. You and I talk a lot about not only the draft, but but professional sports in general is is really financially driven. Um, and that's the first reality check is, yes, baseball is a game. It's a childhood boy's dream of a game, but professional baseball is a business. And I was reading in an article the other day that in 2018, MLB reported for the 16th consecutive year that they've hit record revenue numbers and they eclipsed in 2018 10.3 billion dollars that's a lot of money wow that's unbelievable and and i think that this is the message to help families start to put a a proper framework around it is your son is now stepping into a multi-billion dollar industry that it's no longer just a game. You you are now going to become an employee of a company, right? You are now responsible to think about your own career from a business standpoint, and you're going to be forced to make decisions. Whether you make them well or not, um, they will have a significant impact on your current and your future life. And so uh, yeah. when you think about the draft and this company paying you millions of dollars, it's understanding that they're making a calculated investment in you because ultimately they think they're going to, that you're going to help them make more money uh, by being this investment right down the road in the big leagues. And, and that's not supposed to be this cold, calculated, mean statement. It's just more of a reality of how they view you as a player. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, it's recognition of current value, um, or, or probably more importantly, future value. Right? You know, you get to an opportunity to buy a uh, an unproven commodity at a very large discount. You know, I can think of a lot of kids that are, you know, expected for next year's draft. You know, they're throwing ninety eight to one hundred miles an hour right now. So the talent is there. Um, it's just unproven in current game. And so because of that, there's a discounted value. You know, you think of Garrett Cole, what's his potential value for next year versus some of the draft picks? Well, they probably throw the same velocity, but that's not how it's calculated anymore. There's so many, uh, there's so much investment into teams having those analytics on these players. And that starts as early as shoot 14, 15, 16 years old now. And so they know what kind of value is derived from that draft pick uh, they know what their expected future value is going to be from that future draft pick. And th- that's why this opportunity is there. And something you hit on key there, right, is is I think it's this recognition of of value. And for us, as we're talking to to each family through this podcast, is we hope you guys hear that, you know, this is, yes, an absolute great opportunity to realize a childhood dream. But equally as important, you have an opportunity to set yourself up and and hopefully your future family up from a financial standpoint if you capture this opportunity. And for us, there's really two main factors we think of of how you can capitalize on that opportunity. And first, it's going to take this commitment to starting to think with a business mindset. And then the second is it's really going to be based off of the experts that you surround yourself with um, that are going to help you navigate through this. And in an industry that has $10 billion on a regular basis, it is going to bring a host of characters that want a piece of your business. And so it's equally as difficult to navigate who are the people that have the expertise and the experience to help you successfully go through this process, which requires you to have that business mindset. And so 
that first business decision that you are going to have to make as a player in a family is the upcoming draft. And Travis, what, what type of opportunity are we even talking about come June? It's it's unbelievable, and it's growing every year. You know, last year the thirty teams combined to spend over three hundred sixteen million dollars on the draft alone. Um, a hundred over one hundred twenty eight million of that was on the first thirty four picks. You know, there was thirty four first rounders last year that signed for an average of three point seven million dollars. Um, over seventy one players signed for more than a million dollars last year, which was another record. And one of the things that struck me as uh, significant was of that first round pick, all but two of them signed either at or below that slot value. So we talked a little bit earlier about the analytics that are driven and the information difference between back, you know, in 2002 when I was going through it. And now um, back then you were able to really negotiate your own value. And now because of all the information that is out there and the algorithms and calculations that these teams have, they're able to really construct what your value is. And it's really your job as a player and, and probably your agent's job to really hold that value for you. Because, you know, the argument is not an emotional decision that you think you're worth more than you are. Now it's a very calculated decision based on a billion dollar industry. But the other two, the other thing that I thought was really interesting about last year's draft was that all but two players that were selected in the top 10 rounds actually signed. And so you you think in terms of the signability of guys now, that was completely different, you know, 20 years ago. Um, You could really negotiate. And if you didn't get to that deal, you you move on. But teams know based on those algorithms, based on those calculations, and based on the values now, who is actually going to sign. And so that's, it's, it's a much bigger opportunity now. And I think the framework, something you said is, is very helpful. So as families, as you guys are listening and there are all these, these agents that come into your uh, living rooms and, and providing the advice. And when you choose the right agent, it's a tremendous amount of value and expertise. And, and we love, uh, that high-end expertise and, and it's a lot of value. But unfortunately, because of the way that the industry is, there's also people that are trying to convince you like, oh, I can get your son drafted higher. And that's just not the reality, right? The days of an agent trying to go convince a team to pay more money for a player than they actually value, those days are over, right? Now, the Completely. competent agents, the really good ones, They'll actually make sure if a team values you for $5 million, you get all $5 million. You get all $5 and, million. And that's Absolutely. And that's insanely valuable because we see it every year, right? Agents um, that are not qualified, that players end up getting hurt. And so it's like anything else. There are uh, an elite uh, group of agents. And so we would say uh, be very cautious with who you use, um, but they can provide a lot of value. And one of the things that you said there is, is it it gives you the ability to remove the emotion. The hardest thing about the draft is the draft is never going to go the way that you expect. We joke around that there's only two happy people on draft day. It's the first overall pick. So Adley Rushman was pretty happy with $8.1 million. Um, and then it's the last. And who would it be? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, record setting. So, uh, yeah. you know, Adley, it probably went the way he wanted it to. And then it's the 1200th pick. It's the last guy who had no idea he was even going to get drafted. But in between that, there's really a lot of uncertainty and emotion around it. And we went through it as players and we understand that. But what we would encourage you to do as a family is this isn't really based off of 
waiting till draft day to understand, well, I should have been picked higher than this other shortstop or this other pitcher because I'm better than him. It's understanding that these teams are making investments based off of who they think you'll be in the future. And so for you, it's actually a pretty easy decision. It's coming down to, do I want to start my professional career today or do I want to either go to college or remain in college? And and that's your decision that you have to make. And you can actually solve that far before the draft even happens of going, why would I want to start my professional career today versus going to college? And of course, there are a ton of factors that go into that. But one of the really interesting things, uh, Travis, is if you're drafted in the first round, like you've got a pretty good shot to pitch in the big leagues, correct? Yeah. Uh- a huge opportunity. It's a, it's statistically more likely that you're going to play in the big leagues than not at that point. In the first round, um, a study done by Baseball America showed that 73% of first round draft picks play in the major leagues. And obviously that number continues to go down, but I think what it points out is that scouts and teams, um, player development and scouting departments are really good at identifying that high-end talent. You know, one of the, the other parts of that that makes it such a financial decision is for the first round draft picks um, history since 2005 through 2010 a draft study was done that shows that 37.7 percent of those first round draft picks reach arbitration which for players there really is their first chance to um, kind of make that second round of life-changing money and of those first round draft picks 75 percent of them earn 10 million in their career 53% 53% of them have earned 25 million and then another 38% have earned 50 million or more. And so you can see, you know, right out of the gate, it, it becomes pretty evident that is this truly is a financial decision. Uh, can you imagine starting, uh, starting a race with half a tank of gas, knowing that you're going to have the opportunity to make that type of an impact of your life? Um, so right out of the gate, you can see how important this opportunity is and how important your decision-making skills are. And and we're not trying to minimize uh, the emotion or the excitement around it. Like no, no matter how much work you do, of course, there's going to be nerves. But I think between number one, understanding that, hey, if I'm a first round pick, I've got a, an extremely high probability to A, realize my dream, B, set myself up financially And so instead of getting caught up of I'm not going to sign if I'm the 15th versus the 17th or the 25th pick is it's you doing the work of the family of going really this decision comes down to what amount of money would I require to forego my college education, whether that's going to college for the first time or, or going back to school and that's what we'll spend the majority of the next episode reviewing is how do we make sure that you can walk into this draft process feeling great and very confident about whether or not you're going to start your professional career because you've put the work in in front. And so, you know, we love the opportunity to sit here and to hopefully walk you guys through this process. And so we appreciate you guys listening in on this first episode. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you enjoyed it. Our goal here with the MLB Draft Podcast is to make this the go-to resource for all families and athletes looking to take their career to the next level. And so this show really is all about you, and we would love to hear from you. Are there any questions you have, topics, 
that you would love for us to cover, please do reach out. You can shoot us an email at eric at athletewealth.com or travis at athletewealth.com. Of course, you can find us on social. We're on all the major platforms at Athlete Wealth. And if you'd like to set up a phone call with us, you can reach us by going online to athletewealth.com and you'll see right at the top of the page there's a button where you can schedule a call directly with us and so we would love to hear from you and until next time stay focused stay hungry and be a pro